Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Mark Harris. We recorded this last week in my home in Portland, Oregon. This episode is brought to you in part by the California Bluegrass Association Summer Music Camp. CBA Summer Music Camp takes place June 12th through the 15th at the beautiful Nevada County Fairgrounds in Grass Valley, California. Daily instrument-focused and elective classes, jams, square dances, student and faculty concerts are attended outdoors among the pine trees. This year's faculty include String Band The Onlys, John Reichman, Mike Compton, and Lori Lewis, among others. You can learn more about the camp and register online at cbacamp.com. Get Up in the Cool gets the occasional great sponsor like CBA, but it's primarily listener-funded. If you want to make sure I can keep making this show every week, go to patreon.com slash getupinthecool and sign up. Stick around afterwards, and I'll tell you how to keep up with Mark Harris and Tall Poppy String Band. But first, here's our interview and jam. Enjoy. Thank you. 
<laughs> That's the ending. Freeney's barn dance intended. <laughs> That's how that was always supposed to go. Yeah. Mark Harris, welcome back to Get Up in the Cool. Thanks for having me. And internet, welcome to Get Up in the Cool. We're doing a live episode. Mark is in town to to jam a little bit uh, before George gets here. And so we can like work out some tunes, get a little of the groundwork laid for filling out our tall poppy string band set because Mm -hmm. we only actually have uh, about 45 minutes of real material (laughs) and we need to arrange more stuff so that we can perform. And we're also like uh, preparing envelopes. Just a lot of many, many envelopes and they're all set. Mm-hmm. And then we need to sign all of our albums. So that's what we're doing here. And we thought we'd do a live episode because this isn't going to come out until next week. But for people who are tuning in now, and if you're in the Pacific Northwest or know anyone that's in the Pacific Northwest, we have a bunch of shows coming up. So we're playing in uh, on, on Wednesday in Lake Oswego, which is in the Portland area. Uh, and... We're going all the way up to Bellingham, and then Port Townsend, and then um, Port Townsend, and then Seattle, and then uh, we're taking a quick break, and then no. oh, oh Olympia, Olympia, Olympia. Olympia sorry, on Sunday, you're right, and then we're taking a quick break, yeah, please come to the Olympia show, I'm pretty sure that there's uh, still room in that, mm-hmm. and, uh, and then in the general Corvallis area, and then Eugene, uh, so come on out. Tell anyone that you know that might be interested or uh, might benefit from some hyper-melodic old-time music in their life (laughs) in person. Yeah, that's why we're here. Oh, and we're doing an AMA. So uh, we have some some A's, some asks. (laughs) And we can give some A's to those A's. Uh, AMA means ask me anything for those of you who aren't on Reddit. Uh, we already have some questions here. Uh, Mark Tomko says, can you talk about your balance introducing new ideas and techniques with respecting source material? Do you have thoughts on this? Um, I mean, that's like old time, the question, right? It's like, that's the whole, that's the whole thing. Old time, Uh, the question, the musical. (laughs) Yeah. It's, uh, so yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to answer. Um, I know we talked about this a lot when we were recording the album. For me, it's taken sort of a the form of trying to trying to keep in mind what I really love about the source material and sort of trying to have that foremost in my in my mind, whether it be like you know there are certain certain kind of source recordings where there's a certain, there's a kind of where they're really ambiguous or like they really kind of resist a particular interpretation. Um, and I'll try to make sure that whatever I'm adding, which whatever I'm bringing to the tune as a contemporary musician, as a guitar player, um, is going to try and preserve that, you know, or it might be that like, you know, there's a particular, uh, recording that just kind of has a great groove and whatever I do with it, I don't want to lose that. So I think, I think just kind of thinking really critically about like, you know, what it is I want to respect about the source material. Like, like, cause I, I don't tend to respect, I don't tend to just be like, we should, you know, respect it 
because it's a source because it's old. Sure. Um, you know, sort of a logical fallacy. Right. There's a, yeah. there's a, pre- there's a, there is definitely a preservationist instinct. Like we want yeah. to kind of keep this music going, but insofar as I'm, I'm thinking creatively and thinking like, what kind of music do I want to make? Um, I think it's important for me to get really critical about exactly what it, what is it that I, that, that calls to me about this, this source recording. Yeah. Um, and, and making sure what, what I bring to the table is like coming from that same place of enthusiasm about, about these things that I like about this, this music and not coming from, Oh, well I have to do something with this. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I like that because your, your, your interpretation of the word respect, mm-hmm. it, I like your interpretation of it because you're sort of saying there are specific things that are in the tune that you want to highlight um, because those are the things that are pleasurable to you or interesting to you. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's often the way that as a band, uh, sorry, I wish George could be here, but he's not. (laughs) Uh, I think that's often the way that as a band, we've tried to like to engage with the tunes. It's like, I like this tune because of this one interesting thing about the tune. And then like, how can we arrange a tune while trying to spotlight that idea? Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to everything about the tune is equally important to us. So, uh, and about the recording of that tune. Mm-hmm. So we need to recreate it as much, you know, as closely as possible. Yeah. Because it's going to, it's going to change. Like, yeah. You, and it's just a matter of, of being, uh, you know, sometimes it's going to change as a result of just using different instrumentation or um, just in virtue of being a different player than yeah. the person who, who recorded it. Um, and, and for all other kinds of reasons. And so it's just like, it's important to be, I think, to be, to really interrogate yeah. what, what it is that, that kind of, kind of, makes you really enthusiastic about that source recording yeah. and, and, you know, really kind of analyze your own reaction to it and sort of, yeah. and, um, and you know, it's, it's a, it's a messy process. Like sometimes I'll be like, okay, yeah, this is, I, I know, I know what I want to do with this and then I'll, I'll play it and it'll come out and it'll just be like, oh, that really isn't it. <laughs> like something's missing and, you know, you have to go back and, uh, I think that's the, the general approach. Yeah. For me, like for, um, Sullivan's hollow, which we just played, uh, and I think we played it more or less how Freeney's barn dance does in terms of like notes and phrasing mm-hmm. and like the bones of the tune. Um, but I think that the form is so interesting in the tune that like, I think that's what makes the tune special is that it has, uh, it has these little tags, um, and callbacks worked into the mm-hmm. tune. And I feel like there's, that is so structural that it doesn't necessarily matter which individual ornaments we play. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, it's still the tune because it is keeping this, this structure. And I think Freeney's Barn Dance Band might play with the structure a little bit more. Um, it's been a while since I've listened to it all the way through, but, um, they, I think the same basic, uh, 
you know, cutting a part in half Mm -hmm. at the repeat, you know, things like that. Uh, they do, uh, pretty consistently. Um, when I had Erin Marshall on the show, she introduced me to what I think is maybe the most useful metaphor for old time music, which is that it's like family recipes Mm -hmm. as opposed to like who, you know, who invented this dish, you know, like she's trying to like talk about the, the phenomenon of uh, oral, you know, oral history mm-hmm. and um, folk process and traditional music, mm-hmm. you know, who we don't know where this came from. And um, yeah, well, and, and I think that Erin Marshall, I suspect that she has more particular tastes than I do or more exacting tastes. Um, and, you know, when I cook for her, to extend the metaphor, <laughs> I'm going to maybe cook a little differently. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, I think that there's a lot of cool stuff in that metaphor because it's like, uh, even the act of trying to recreate a dish, it's, you're not going to make it exactly because mm-hmm. there's things that are untranscribable in the recipe, mm-hmm. um, that have to do with one's own, uh, sensibilities. You know, it's just like, do you, when do you add things into the pan and at what temperature mm-hmm. are you using a gas <laughs> or, yeah. you know, element or, uh, and so on and so forth. And, uh, I think that's been a really useful metaphor for me for kind of understanding the inevitability of change. And also, uh, it makes it a little more clear that, you know, cause it's pleasure oriented. We're here to, I mean, I, I eat food for fun. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's why I eat food. Right. Yeah. And maybe, but, but maybe people have different, different goals, you know, when they're trying to recreate a recipe. Right. That, I think that's also worth keeping in mind is that is, is that, you know, there's not, yeah, there's not like, just as there's not one way to, yeah. to, to make that recipe, there's not just like one way to interpret a source recording. Yeah. Like there's not, well, obviously there's many different ways to do it, but there's not one correct way or one best yeah. way of doing it. There's, there's all kinds of different things you can do and it's okay if, if somebody re- interprets a source recording in a way that you're like, uh, I feel like I don't, uh, that doesn't really, um, speak to me. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. It just, it might not be, they're getting something different out of it than you are. You don't have to eat that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's for everyone. Yeah. Um, okay. We have a ton of comments here. Let's see if we can catch up a little bit. Chris says, this is lovely. Thank you, Chris. Lindsay says, sorry, I'm late. Uh, there's general enthusiasm. Uh, Lindsay says some ass apropos of nothing that I can remember. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I think you said something. So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to a your A's. Oh yes. Very good. Uh, cool. <laughs> cool thing to say. Uh, Rachel says, what is least favorite old time tune? Uh, Oof. your least favorite old time tune. Do you, do you have one? Um, I mean, I mean, there are obvious answers. Yeah, I'm. I'm like. I'm going to say like other than other than the, the atrocious, the ones. really racist ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I I need a spotted pony and me need some space. <laughs> I could do you, without playing that for a while. Spotted pony and you are are not are kind of taking a healthy break from one another. Yeah. I'll be interested again. I just need mm-hmm. to think about my relationship with Spotted Pony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, that's tricky. Yeah, I don't know if I, I don't know if there are any that I, that really kind of stand out as being you know, 
so much is deter is is about the performance. Um, yeah, I think the closest I can get to that is like is like similar to your your um, your answer. It's just like things that I've heard or yeah. played way too much, uh, yeah. and just need to kind of take some space from. Yeah, uh, my favorite thing is like when I hear a version of a tune that recontextualizes the tune. Um, I think I was like kind of getting a little tired of old Aunt Jenny mm-hmm. uh, with her nightcap on. And then George showed us the recording of Henry Barnes and like, who else is on? Dan Gellert, I think twin fiddling oh, and yeah. someone else is. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I'm in love with this tune again. <laughs> and I've heard some similar, you know, like Arkansas traveler. I could kind of care less about it at this point, but then every once in a while, someone will be like, have you heard this Arkansas traveler? <laughs> or even like there's some, yeah, I there's some turkeys in the straws that I've heard that I'm just like, wow, this is so cool. (laughs) Like, like I didn't think it was possible (laughs) for me to like enjoy this tune, but here it is. Uh, Don't old time cancel me, please. Um, Okay. Uh, uh, There's a lot of bickering between Rachel and Lindsay as usual. Cameron looks very authentic with the rolled up pants, uh, very authentically bisexual <laughs> uh, and bare feet. Very good. Um, okay. I'm just going <laughs> to skip through some of this stuff, see if we can find another question. And then maybe we can do another tune. Yeah. Uh, damn, two and a half ish years of live streams in grad school and virtual meetings and spicy tunes is doing a number on my computer. Y'all should hear this bad boy right now. <laughs> okay. Here's a question for me, Cameron, what are some of the challenges you had, if any, uh, incorporating a fretless, particularly a low tuned nylon string fretless into playing in a group setting. Do you run into any issues being heard cutting through when you use a low tuned, uh, nylon Nile gut fretless, uh, do your bandmates have any particular likes dislikes when you use it? Uh, I don't think I've heard any, (laughs) I've generally heard positive feedback. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Uh, when, why do you choose it over your fretted, banjo and also where is your fretless and when are you going to get a uh steel string fretless i do want to get a steel string fretless hey here's something i would love to have a steel string uh fretless banjo uh if there are any banjo players uh out or makers out there who want to uh give me (laughs) one i uh will take it and i will sing your praises and uh i'll i don't know i'll give you get up in the cool ad space if you give me a, a steel string fretted banjo that'd be great so just shout out to anyone listening on the live stream or listening to the the posted episode later um but uh when do okay so i'll go through each of these questions um challenges playing it in a group setting um do i run into any challenges playing it in a group setting i guess it kind of depends on what the group is and what the other instruments are um it has a big wobbly, warbly sound. Uh, so sometimes it's not, sometimes it competes with guitar. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really compete with your guitar playing. Um, most of the time when I play fretless, when you're playing guitar, we're doing it in E and you're capoed up high. And I'm playing, I think, in a lower register than you. And so that works I think that's really, really well. Yeah. The few times, yeah, the times when we've, we've, when we've done that, it's, I think that's worked, had the best balance. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and then for Kiss Me Quick, my papa's a coming. Uh, I think you do that in open. Mm-hmm. Uh, or a no capos. Uh, and um, for that, I'm just playing really nasty the whole time. And so I think <laughs> I'm not like, there's no sustain on any of the notes that I'm playing. I'm mm-hmm. just going, you know, I'm not like actually. Yeah. So I think I'm yeah. just like taking up less space because I'm playing less melody and there's less mud. It's more just gestures. Yeah. 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 It's funny. It's the, the, the thing with the switching registers is interesting where it's kind of like, the guitar capoed up kind of takes on some more like steel string banjo kind of yeah. like, yeah. like um, shimmer, like high end stuff that uh, kind of compensates for the lack of the steel string banjo. And then the, yeah. the so it's kind of, uh, that's the sound. Yeah. I really like that sound. It's a really, it's really interesting and one that I haven't like heard a lot of before. Yeah. I think sometimes also, um, it's a little bit hard to play with like super high pitched notey fiddle tunes mm-hmm. and for me to figure out how to accompany it um, because there's less mid. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another thing that I've kind of ch- a challenge that I've run into. Um, it's not bad, uh, but it definitely helps to have a, another instrument filling in some of that space. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And then, uh, being heard, you issues being heard, cutting through. Um, I just like to play really close to the bridge, um, when I want to have my volume, uh, really cut through. And then I just really bang on it and, and strum a lot if I want it to cut through. So those are two strategies that I use. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the, 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 having the guitar capoed up definitely helps, yeah. uh, in that regard. Um, yeah just kind of staying out of the way of the, of the, the banjo. Um, but then also it's got such a unique timbre that it's really easy to pick it out in many way, in many cases, even if it's not yeah, like, even if it's not that loud. Um, yeah. And sometimes the, the timbre is maybe more important than the actual melodic information, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Just the like worm room of it all. <laughs> Uh, yeah, cool. Uh, thanks, Chris. Um, oh, very good. Okay. So we have some questions that we can answer when we get done with the tune. What do you want to play next? Um, shall we do fortunes? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Here's fortunes from Ola Bella Reed. Uh, this is one that I wanted to get on the album, but we just didn't have time to get this one on. Uh, we got a different Ola Bella Reed song on, but we'll probably be performing this when we tour. So, uh, yeah, this is my favorite gospel song, uh, because it's just absolutely, uh, venomous and judgmental in, uh, uh, towards people who hoard wealth (laughs) specifically, (laughs) which I think, I think, I think some of that like religious judgment can be like the ability to drum that up and feel self-righteous is really useful when it is directed in the right, uh, <laughs> at the right people in the right institutions. So, uh, this would be one of them. <laughs> right. One, two, one, two, three. There are fortunes in a lifetime. All her money cannot buy. 
like a tiny little snowflake slowly floating from the sky. Oh, there are wonders never ceasing, created by our master's hand. Oh, the greatest of all our fortunes is in God's promised land. Oh, rich man, call his money. George can slot into. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, we made such like immaculate uh, arrangements of our like album tunes. Uh, I'm just—it's not a brag as much as just like (laughs) we spend a lot of time really caring for it, and we're gonna have some like big sloppy moments. I think, and hopefully that'll be fun for everyone. Yeah. (laughs) 
thanks, Tina. Tina says, any chance you might come to Western Canada? I could present a show for you on the little island where I live. That sounds so lovely. Yeah, unfortunately, our Pacific Northwest tour is really only just an Oregon and Washington State tour, but maybe eventually we could do that. Mm -hmm. I would love to come up to Canada. Um, Well, are there some... uh, We already talked about the uh, festivals. What's a tune you love playing but hate hearing? (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) That's interesting. All of them. I'm kidding. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there is something to be said for like, I don't know. Well, I have more time, fun playing old time music than listening to it a lot of the time. Um, usually I want to be playing it if I'm hearing it. I, I certainly have the capacity to enjoy. There are, just tunes, there are tunes that I love hearing but hate playing. Uh, just when they're really hard. <laughs> just the hard ones, yeah. <laughs> like um, uh, Ed Haley's Indian Ate the Woodchuck. Yeah. It's just really hard to play. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine that would yeah, be hard it's just, on just, your you instrument. Know, just like really noty tunes that uh, are um, also really fast. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, let me look, because we had some questions that were um, already loaded up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, my question, how's Mark? This is from Ben Burdett, who's also Hi, an old-time uh, Colorado melodic guitar player. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, how's Mark Harris deal with the old time police wanting him to play, wanting them to play a regular guitar? This we have updated pronouns now. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, what 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 interactions have I had with the old time police? I don't know that I've ever had anyone be like, "What you're doing is wrong." <laughs> <laughs> <They're> like, right. <laughs> in a, natural. <laughs> in a in a in a uh, in like a jam setting. Um, it's sure. it's been more. There's been more self-policing than than other policing. Sure. Um, uh, just in the sense that, like, you know, it's especially it's especially difficult if I'm the only guitar player there. Yeah. Then there's a role that I'm expected to fill, um, and it's an important role. Um, especially, you know, there's, there's there's lots of stuff that that uh, we play as a band where there's no chords going on. Yeah. Um, but in a big... No chords, just right. Yeah. In a big, <laughs> in a big like, jam setting, it can, you know, it can really be a, a big deal having, like, a really solid yeah. uh, backup guitar. And uh, so... so that, and that's not so much, like, the old-time police, but just kind of, like, being aware of, like, what musical setting I'm in and yeah. what's going to contribute best to, to that. Also, I think it's worth noting that when you play melody, you're not as loud. There are mm-hmm. there are types of instruments that you can go out, you, you can get more experimental with or get mm-hmm. more melodic with, and it takes up more space. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think that's something is like, I don't think you're actually going to get policed because it's, if people want to hear, they have to like pull back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um not, yeah. I mean, it's not that quiet, but it's less quiet than your rhythm playing. Yeah, totally. Um, and More quiet than your rhythm playing. <laughs> um, there's kind of a thought process that I go through where I'm trying to figure out, like, how I'm going to fit best into this this scenario. And that's, you know, that's not, that's not like, any sort of old-time policing thing. That's more just kind of jam etiquette. Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, now, having said that, sometimes I'm the only guitar and I'm, like, doing this rhythm thing and then I 
I kind of go into melody and those are the most nerve wracking times right. when it's like, uh, you know, if the like bottom drops out of the whole thing, I have to yeah. be really confident that like <laughs> I can, I can sort of keep the groove going and keep yeah. everything together until I start playing rhythm again. And when that works, it's, I, I, I mean, I like that. I like that. It's a really nice, um, sort of suspended moment where you get all of the kind of like high end texture, just kind of like yeah. carrying on on its own, and then it's sort of like the when the bass drop comes comes back in, it's really it can be really good. Uh, yeah, because it, it is everyone's job to like keep the the pulse. You know, it's not <laughs> just the guitar. You know, yeah. I I've noticed a similar thing when uh, a bassist at an old time jam will stop playing; mm-hmm. they'll just cut out. Uh, it gets really exciting and people are like, Oh, like mm-hmm. they just like took a, a little dip into some cold water and, yeah. then, and then they come back in and it's really, you know, so it's like if the, if the jam is able to keep the energy going, it's like, yeah, really exciting. And like yeah. floating is, is a lovely way to put mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But there's a lot of kind of, when you're used to hearing the, the bass or the guitar in the background, when it sort of drops out, there is a lot of tension that builds up. There's a lot of like excitement, as you're saying. It's just kind of like, um, sort of in a similar way to, um, you know, when uh, if you're playing a song that normally has a bunch of like four and five chords in it, but you know, you just you play one time around with just just the one chord. Yeah. Done in the right way, that can be like really exciting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, even though it's technically the least amount of tension. Yeah. Like in that. Yeah. Standpoint. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so. Uh, Anyway, I'm I'm getting off topic, but I don't think I've had uh, many interactions with the old time police, except in that uh, my anxiety about <laughs> about playing guitar in this way in yeah. uh, uh, in jam settings has kind of um, pushed me in certain directions. And yeah, there's been times where I've I've been like, oh, I don't. I don't need this. I'm just going to, I'm going to blend into, <laughs> into the back. <laughs> You're going to Homer Simpson into <laughs> <Yeah>. the edges. <laughs> uh, what do you want to play next? Mm. I, I totally forgot everything that we were planning on doing. <laughs> we could do uh, my tune. Yes. Cause we're in G. So still no title for this original tune. Yeah. I should really get on that. Huh? <laughs> uh, cool. Ready? Thank you. 
I don't know why I did that tag. <laughs> I'm going to workshop that. <laughs> okay, let me scroll through. Um, I don't know if we actually got any more uh, questions here. I think there are, there's one more on the... Uh, there's, well, there's, an, there's at least one more on here. Oh, yeah. So Christopher uh, Benke, I don't know if that's how... Uh, uh, his name is pronounced. Um, he wanted to add on to Ben's comment. I second this and would like it expanded upon with a discussion about why Irish includes a variety of melody instruments and is the better off for it, but old time doesn't. Uh, I, 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 if I were to like take the text literally, I think Christopher would be saying, Old time does not, is good is better off for not having multiple instruments play melody, but I don't think that's. I think he's making a rhetorical yeah. point. It's like why why doesn't old time include a variety of melody instruments when, as evidenced by Irish, you can be better off for it? Sure. Okay. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wonder about. I, I don't know enough about Irish music to know what the curmudgeonly opinions are. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very possible that people have, <laughs> you know, but yeah, I mean, there's like, yeah, the banjo seems to be more explicitly melodic mm-hmm. and less heterophonically mm-hmm. melodic in Irish music when there's banjo and the flute and, and the, and the fiddle, some the button accordion. Yeah. There's just like a lot more. Zuki. Yeah. There's a lot more line going on. Mm-hmm. And generally, old time pipes. It's just like if there's a big jam, it'll just be like a lot of fiddlers. <laughs> yeah, and I wonder, you know, I wonder how much um, how much of it has to do with. And I'm just speculating here, but you know, like so much of the so much of the the hallmark genre kind of um, nuances of playing an old time tune in a sort of old time way. Uh, are like very fiddleistic, sure. Like in the sense of they might have, you know, they're they're particularly like tied to things like bowings, yeah. Um, in a way that you know some of the some of the kind of like Irish ornamentation transfers a little more smoothly to other melody instruments yeah. from a fiddle, and then also just like so much. That, I mean, you know, and of course, there's also just like arbitrary historical like reasons probably sure yeah. um but you know for for this but like you know the the there is more of a more of a long-standing tradition of these different instruments being there whereas with old time it's a little bit more of a recent thing maybe yeah and it seems like yeah i think you're onto something about the like I think it's not, it's not just the ornaments. I think it's also like the lines when the lines are in, in, in Irish music from what I've heard of them, when they are less melodic, they're still linear. And, um, what I guess what I mean by that is when there's less like melodic direction to them, Mm -hmm. they're still linear. And in, in old time music, it feels like there's just all these tunes that are like, just not really tunes (laughs) or that are barely tunes. Yeah. Um, like uh, what would be an ex- like like Candy Girl, yeah, <laughs> would be like maybe an example or some uh, 
like lost Indians, like Ed Haley's like lost Indian or something. It's just like, it's just sort of a mess of textures mm-hmm. in a way that feels different than even Irish edits, Irish tunes at their least specific. Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing um, my best here. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's a really good question. And, uh, I, I wish I, yeah, I wish I had a better answer for it. Um, but you know, which is not to say that there, you know, there are people playing these kind of alternate melody instruments in old time aren't finding ways to, yeah, to, to do it. Um, I want to hear more harmonica in old time music. I think it's really mm-hmm. lovely. And, and the, in the way that it can pulse, mm-hmm. uh, and the, really the, I, I really love the texture of harmonica and fiddle together as yeah. well. It's just so, it's really exciting. It's really nice. Similarly, like, uh, Fog, you know, Foghorn's, uh, iconic, you know, uh, melodic mandolin, um, and, and fiddle mm-hmm. duo sound is really cool. It makes it kind of sound like one instrument that has two different forms of attack at the same time. Yeah, like, that's yeah. really great. I w- want to hear more of that in old time music. Um, maybe some more out there options would be, um, have you ever heard that, uh, it's like fiddle, banjo, and piano album. It's like hammer and something. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, That's really cool. God, I wish I could remember the names of the people who did that. It's uh, Reese Jones and uh, Cleek Shrey. Oh right? yeah, and there's one more person because there's banjo. In banjo. There. I forget who plays the banjo on that. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe let's do another tune, and then we'll go into like how people can get your albums and our album and mm-hmm. coming to see us live. Yeah, that stuff. Um, totally. Should we? Do you want to try doing Barker's Veil? Yeah. Yeah. Should we give it a <laughs> shot? Okay. Okay. Right. So here's uh, here's Barker's Veil. This is a tune that I wrote in Barker's Veil, New South <laughs> Wales, at the uh, house of um, the Pitts Family Circus. Thank you. 
Thanks for learning that <laughs> very quickly. <laughs> That's a hard and weird tune. <laughs> yeah, uh, playing an F in standard tuning has its, has its challenges. Yeah, I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is the plug plug time of the show, and maybe first first of all, we should say that Tall Poppy String Band, which is the two of us plus Hot George. George Jackson. <laughs> uh, so Mr. Dorigo Jackson. Mr. Dory, George Dorigo Jackson. Uh, and we're starting um, uh, Wednesday, May 4th, which is tomorrow at the time of this live stream. And um, I guess most of the people who are going to be hearing this when this actually posts, there will only be two shows left. So if you're listening to the podcast of this uh, on the day that it comes out, we're playing near Corvallis, Oregon, uh, this evening, and we're playing in Eugene the following evening, the, the Thursday night. And then in between there, just look at tallpoppystringband.com slash shows for all of our shows. Anywhere between Eugene and Bellingham, we're probably going to hit it. Carol Skarstad says, can't wait to see you and hear you live at my house in two weeks. Yes. We can't wait. That's going to be so great. <laughs> uh, Tina says, I love that banjo tuning so much. Oh. Great. It's a uh, standard G with an A on top. <laughs> I also love that tuning. I use it for all my D tunes and uh, F tunes. Um, okay. And then um, you have your audaciously titled uh, album. <laughs> I love pointing it out because, <laughs> you know, the old time police and all that. Yeah. Old time guitar. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, yeah, you can find it online and... And that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you can find it on band, on my Bandcamp. Uh, just look for Mark Harris, Old Time Guitar. Yeah. And you'll find it. It's uh, some, some nice selections. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you, you have good taste and you select well. Also a lovely, lovely playing. <laughs> uh, so that Tall Poppy String Band. Uh, and then, you know, Keep uh, follow, follow us on social media. It will probably have a mailing list. Um, well, we have to make one because we're about mm-hmm. to do a bunch of shows. So yeah, um, yeah, just uh, follow us on all the places. We're going to start releasing singles and probably going to make some music videos before our release. Mm-hmm. And uh, our release is going to be in July. That's the plan. Yes. And so just be ready and excited for that. And uh, 
If you see something that we post about it, tell people about it, either electronically or in person. <laughs> well, what should we do for our last tune? This is the only one that we don't have a plan for. Because we talked oh, about yeah. doing... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're going to have a special bonus track. <laughs> Carol says, Mark, your album is out. Oh, outrageously thank, gorgeous. Thank you, Carol. That's so sweet. She's mad at you for how gorgeous <laughs> it is. Outraged. <laughs> I agree. How dare you? <laughs> Make an album that good. What should we play? Hmm. I'm in my standard G. No. Do you know Shucking the Brush? I think I can do it. I've played it before. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I used to think this was a grand, old granddad's favorite tune, or whatever that tune is called. <laughs> <laughs> old gra- gra- no, old granddad's the whiskey. Granddad's favorite? Yeah. But it's not. Okay. I, I used to think this tune oh, was called that, okay. and then when people would play it, I'd be like, that's not quite... Yeah. Or, okay. maybe, or maybe it's just similar. I don't know. Thank you. 
Visit Mark Harris's website at markharrisguitar.com to buy their album Old Time Guitar and visit tallpoppystringband.com or at tallpoppystringband on social media to learn more about our band and our upcoming album and tour dates. And if you're in the Corvallis or Eugene areas, we're playing tonight and tomorrow, so come on out. Thanks again to CBA Summer Music Camp for sponsoring this episode. That sign-up link again is cbacamp.com. You can support Get Up in the Cool by sharing the show with a friend or sharing and liking the video posts on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Help fund this podcast by signing up at patreon.com slash getupinthecool. You can order a mask, t-shirt, bag, sticker, or phone case at Get Up In The Cool's merch store. Visit pitchforkbanjo.com for my instructional claw hammer banjo series or to schedule a lesson with me. Check out my other podcast, Think Outside The Box Set. It's available in all the same places as Get Up In The Cool. And again, everything I just mentioned is linked in the show notes for this episode in your podcast app. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to Get Up In The Cool.